What if you had dressed celebrities from film, television, and music industries, including David Bowie, George Michael, Mick and Bianca Jagger, Morgan Freeman, Paul Weller, and more? And let's say you had designed costumes for the British films Absolute Beginners, Shopping, and Gangster Number no. One. And what if you were working in the tailoring world for 35 years now and you dressed men and women? Then your name would be Mark Powell. But wait, guys, this is my guess we're talking about. My name is Nikki Xmeri, and this is another podcast episode for Andronikki.com. People who inspire the world with their passion for what they do, and they share the lifestyle culture with us. My guest today is Mark Powell, one of London's most iconic and important bespoke tailors. Mark and I discussed his tailoring journey until now, where he gets inspiration from, the future of tailoring, his differences with several tailors, and why it's all about style and authenticity. Thank you for having me, Mark Powell. Thank okay. you. How are you today? Very good, thank you. Um, how things are going the last month with the COVID and everything? Well, everything. I mean, we opened in June. So, you know, I opened on June the 15th, so quite early on mm-hmm. uh, after all the problems. But um, it's been okay. I mean, it's certainly not normal, but I think that's the same for everybody, isn't it? I mean, you know, we just have to adapt to what the situation is. Um, I, you know, I still get up every day when I come to the shop and do my thing, but mm-hmm. and it is all very different at the moment, you know, because there's lack of people around in the centre of London is one of the key ones because um, obviously you've got no office workers and you've got no um, tourists. So they're the two key ones. And then, of course, mainly you've got a lot of young people around, which I do like because there's quite a lot of good young energy around. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, generally it's been it's been all right, really. I mean, we've been you know I've been doing reasonably well under the circumstances. Yeah. Uh, we're doing probably doing about thirty, forty, thirty percent probably of what we'd normally do. But okay, I think which is fair enough. For which is fair enough, and I think it's pretty similar to most people, really. But you know, it's better to be open than not be open. You of know. Course. So, uh, of course, all of uh, the people who are dealing with the Italian world and the men's world know you, but let's go a little bit back in the history, how you started and what was the thing uh, that uh, attracted you uh, when you were a kid, like involving bespoke tailoring world? Well, I think for really, basically, my whole connection really was through my interest in fashion. So, I mean, it started off as a personal thing with my whole thing about my own personal style and then I think by the time I was a teenager and then I was starting to experiment at tailors with certain things and started to design things and have things made with my tailors and that's really how it started uh, until I got to a point where I got my first shop when I was 24 mm-hmm. so I was very young when I got my first shop and uh, here we are what I'm 60 in November so Wow, quite a long, a long years, time. Yeah. <laughs> so when did you buy your first bespoke suit? Or it was the, the first that you made my for your first, uh, Well, God, I've been always experiment with things with my tailors from when I was about 11 or 12 years old with mm-hmm. trousers and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And were you uh, like so daring, like you were from your start, from your, your beginning? Because you combine the traditional tailoring and you're one of the, of course, one of the iconic tailors, but you also mm. dare from your uh, scratch. I, I can see from your background and your mm. uh, things you have done. So you're still a very bold guy mm. and you, you try new things and you're a pioneer on what you do. But were you from the start like this or 
did you have some inspirations? No, I think that there was always inspiration, but I think I think when I was a lot younger, I was a hell of a lot more experimental with trying to do things that were different to the other kids. Um, by the time I was in my, you know, 15, 16, and that age, I was already starting to try and be a bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, really, a lot of the things that I do, a lot of um, it's quite funny, a lot of people are trying to do now in tailoring, they're all trying to look vintage and... Sure. a big nod to vintage style well I've always done that but I think the difference is with the way I do it it still looks very um contemporary mm-hmm. and current and, and it doesn't look like costume whereas a lot of people when they do vintage style or nostalgia inspiration yeah. they try and just do it pure to the style which is great but it can look a bit too costumey yeah. and it looks like they walked off a film set yeah whereas yeah. with my thing it does look a bit more yeah Individual, it still has my feel to it. It's my take on the look. Yeah, it has more character. Because yeah, you yeah. Put your own taste. Yeah, that's right. So, was it difficult uh, in the beginning for the people to trust your uh, more extraordinary ideas? Let's say. I don't think so. I think basically, I think it depends on if people want something a bit different. I mean, it, there's always been that sort of conflict or that argument between, say, what I do and what Savile Row does. Uh, but Savile Row genuinely is a pretty boring. I mean, they live very much on the history. I mean, don't get me wrong, the craft and the quality of the work's amazing. But then, you know, all the guys that I work with to this day are making for Savile Row shops as well. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, so, um, you know, people do tend to forget. I mean, I had this argument with this guy the other week on Instagram. It was because I was just saying that, you know, um, mm-hmm. I was far superior to anyone on Savile Row with my style and everything. He took it like I was trying to talk about the making and construction of a suit, which is I don't ever make the clothing. I never have professed to make the clothing. I have a team of people that make the clothing for me, which is no different to any designer or stylist. And, in fact, most of the famous Savile Row tailors have been guys that just design and work. Guys that make the jackets are normally in the basement working very hard and iron skillfully, but that's all they do. And they've normally got no idea of style. Mm-hmm. They normally haven't got really a great um, perception of yeah. um, how to put things together with regard to the look or anything, and that's really what my thing is. And also knowing how to measure and fit and style a suit is far more significant and important, really. Is that that you have mentioned also in the past, that you like mostly the styling and then the tailor will come, of course. Yeah, that's the, right. Well, the, that's right, but the tailoring and the fit comes from what you do. And even the progressiveness of understanding how to make it. It's a bit like a jazz musician. You have to know about classical music first before you can perform jazz music. And I'm, I'm very much the same with my tailoring. Yeah. It's late. So if you are contemporary or you do things a bit different, you know, maybe, example, you mix different periods of looks up and styles, you can create your own look, you know. So it's like um, somebody will buy a bespoke suit, but if he doesn't know how to wear it or if he doesn't have the attitude or the style to make it a little bit more edgy yeah, or a little right. bit more detailed, it's yeah. not worth it. No, that's right. That's the other thing. But then again, we have plenty of guys that, you know, just want a sharp suit that maybe has a little bit more of an edge to it yeah. and it's enough for them. And we do that for people as well. It doesn't have to be, um, that course. you know, completely contemporary or way out there, mm-hmm. you know. Well, you are, uh, as I've uh, read also in the web, you are an artist with a needle and a thread. You're also a stylist, you're a designer, you have all the 360 
tour kind of thinking. And I can see also in your place here, in your store in Soho, uh, that you have all kinds of services. So one can come and it can be um, dressed from the scratch, from the top, right? Yeah, that's Until right. That's the right. We do ready to wear. Everything we do in the shop, if you see on the mannequins, is ready to wear, which is very much of my style. Mm -hmm. And then they can, those items can be fitted to them if they need to be you know, adjusted or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, of course, we do bespoke still as well, which is still really what the business was built on. That's really what it was built upon. Although now, at the moment, we're probably doing half and half, half bespoke and, and half um, ready to wear. Oh, ready to wear. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and what about the shoes? Yeah, and again, it's just to complete the look, really. Yes. So um, I, I have an English company. I work with Trickers, who invest a very good old traditional shoe company and have an amazing archive mm -hmm. and I can just go there and work out ideas with what I do with the um, the shoes that we do. Mm -hmm. So again, it's very much my own taste, you know. So tell us a little bit more about your signature style for those few that might not have seen that or have witnessed it. I mean, it changes all the time, really. I mean, I think there's probably a, every 10 years there's a different view of where the style is. Mm -hmm. But I think it's just always the idea that you just take... Um, the ideas of traditional style and you just learn how to make them look current. Yeah. So it's not just the a look. British style. It's no, and that's why you could take a lot of English, you could take a bit of Italian. I, I don't really look at Italian that much, although a lot of modern tailoring on Savoro, modern tailoring is very much looking at Italy yeah. or Italian or Neapolitan tailoring. I don't really do that. Yeah. Uh, my thing is always very much looking at the subcultural influences from the post-war period. So the street cultures that came through as well and also modern styling, really. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you want to advise and consult someone uh, to start uh, getting into your inspiration and your mindset, uh, which decade do you think is the most appealing to, or to, to get inspiration from? Well, I mean, I think when I was young, we used to get a lot of uh, you know, inspiration from old Hollywood movies. Um, and then I think, of course, uh, music was very amazing, very lucky growing up in the 60s and 70s, yeah. uh, the popular culture that was going on. Um, and really, that's what a lot of people, kids do now. Well, yeah, I used to have young kids come here now that look really, really cool. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got a young lady who works for me, Lydia, who's very, very stylish. Mm -hmm. And a lot of her friends are also, and they're very much similar in the sense that they take a lot of their influences mm -hmm. from period style. But they have got, um, you know, their icons and their inspirations are very much like mine were. Yeah. You know, or movie stars or pop mm -hmm. stars, things that were going on with style in, in, you know, the 50s or 60s or 70s, you know. Okay. But y you have worked with so many stars and so many big names. Uh, of course, uh, uh, Harrison Ford, uh, George Clooney, uh, from the modern ones, um, uh, Kira Knightley. I know you have done some uh, work with Spice Girls, Naomi Campbell. Yeah. There are so many names. I, I don't know how well, you David can remember. David Bowie, Mick Jagger. Yeah, 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 I mean, Jagger. so it's pretty everybody. Bianca Janke. Yeah, Bianca Jagger. Um, I mean, it, wow. it's... Uh, but then in 30-odd years in business, you would have that. I mean, yeah. I mean, currently in modern world, people like Martin Freeman... Um, you know, who's a big, big uh, celebrity, uh, Paul Weller, um, and then um, Sir Bradley Wiggins, a cyclist, you know, who won the Tour de France and everything. So else. many big names. You, you gave, your, gave them your talent, of course. What did they give you back? 
I know a lot of those guys had a very good idea of what they wanted as well. Uh, I mean, for example, Martin, you know, it was, it was a suit we did for Martin, which was, uh, he was very inspired by Miles Davis suit that he wore in the late 50s. So, you know, another thing with me is interpretation and knowing how to do that as well and understanding the knowledge of um, different styles. Um, and so really, yeah, I mean, I could go through lots of people like that as well that would, mm-hmm. would, would inspire. I mean, recently... I've been doing quite a lot of um, late forty, late thirties, early forties inspired tailoring for a couple of my clients. For recently, yeah, yeah, oh. uh, which were very like very American sort of thirties, late thirties, early forties style influence, you okay. know. Which so, a lot of British tailors probably wouldn't understand, really. Yeah, but I can then tell. again, it's, again, it's just interpretation. Yeah. I do think it's important that you still know how to update it. Of course, of course. But do you think there are legends right now? Do you have any uh, star that you can see that has a quality like the legends of the past that you can invest on? Well, I mean, I think with my with my uh, style, it's always very easy, really, to because um, you you are a person that can understand the star quality yeah, of somebody. Yeah, after that's so right. Many that's right. I mean, you know, I mean, obviously, I think obviously, sometimes bespoke tone, you have to give people what they want as well. Mm-hmm. But you can talk around it being more like what you think is better for them, yeah, you know. True. But you, you know, obviously, if they have got a strict idea of what they really want, then you can obviously give them That's that right. as well. Yeah, you know? of course. Uh, what about the today's tailoring and today's fashion? Uh, do you think that has changed through the years? I mean, you go to Pity, right? You, you used to be there as I well. Exhibited in Pity, yeah, of course. Like The last years, we can see some newcomers in PT that have a little bit more edgy style. Yeah, but the trouble is they're just the people that go there, not the just people the that shooting. exhibit. Yeah, yeah, and that's sure. the sad thing with that is it's become more important about the peacocks and the actual show yeah. itself, whereas PT was a great show. It always has been a great show. And, again, a lot of these kids are not really – they're just dressing up yes. for the show. So, it, you just know, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a joke, really, yes. you know, Um Some of them look cool, but I think a lot of them it looks very try-hard as well. Yeah. You know? Maybe also the, the new modern pop um, role models, I don't know, maybe they... Well, that's not like the maybe, yeah. I mean, obviously it's become a, a thing in recent years at Pissy for these young guys to go or people to go and just dress up yeah. and make a statement there, um, which is great if the, the world is a stage and if that's become a new stage for them to do that on. But you think there's a space enough for them as long as there is enough they still space look quite for gen- They still look very generic. A lot of them don't look like individual. They've still got an idea yeah. of a certain hat, a certain colour, a certain, yeah. you know, it's still like following a, like yeah. a uniform mentality, really. Because I can see sometimes the gender might not be very uh, uh, accurate. Let's say Harry Styles is a very big uh, pop-up yeah, icon right yeah, now. Yeah. He dresses very good, but sometimes he's getting a little bit more extraordinary mm-hmm. uh, Billie Eilish as well so yeah. I don't know if this new uh, age uh, pop stars will affect the fashion industry in the future well no I think they, all, they always do have an impact don't they I think yeah. uh, it's always happened uh, I mean funny enough there was a very good book that I was featured in called The Look about 20 odd years ago and it was basically you know a lot of people tend to look at the stars but they forget all well, those pop stars but they tend to forget who created their looks, often it was other people, or it would have been other people that created their yeah. style, maybe their tailor or maybe 
a shop that had a particular style. Mm-hmm. And I think that's um, the other thing. I mean, you know, maybe that people normally have an inspiration from something, don't they? Of course, of course. So let's go to the women industry because you're not only for men's tailoring, you also do many women, as we mentioned before. Now, Campbell, Kira Knightley, you're in the music industry, you are in the cinema world, you're, you have been everywhere. Mm. So what about women? Why women should choose tailoring instead of, a, uh, let's say, a fast fashion brand or a big fashion designer? Well, I think with, uh, what happens with women is every four or five years, there's always a big cycle about tailoring the game for women. Yeah. And it always is that sort of very, and I always played to it, particularly that very androgynous mm-hmm. 1930s influence mm-hmm. of the style, the sort of Marlene Dietrich or whatever. And then, of course, um, it's always been my favourite way of interpreting women's tailoring as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have done skirt suits for women, pencil skirts or things like that, you know, 30s or 40s style yeah. women's tailoring with skirts, but... I always prefer to do like a, a trouser suit mm-hmm. also for, yeah, women. for women, yeah. Okay. Um, but then a lot of it's the styling then what you do with that look as mm-hmm. well, which is important. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think um, women's tailoring, it always goes on a fashion level, goes through that cycle mm-hmm. every few years. There's been a, a, a moment a lot of the tailoring's gone very loose again. It's almost gone a bit like early 90s looking. Sure. But that's where fashion's gone as well, you know. You know, with sportswear and everything else. And what are the differences uh, for a um, customer <clears throat> from a male and female customer? Do women have a more detailed uh, look? Some of the women do. Some of the girls are very, uh, very much have a specific idea of what they want. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, but they, that's why it works quite well with me because then I can interpret yeah. something cool that would work good for them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think male and female, they're both, there's always. A lot of them have got a very good idea of what mm-hmm. they want. Or they trust me to give them what they want. Of you know, that's the other key one as well. Of that's course. a big key thing as well. That as well. What are the three or five or in your point of view, the, the best things someone has to have in mind before going to have a bespoke tailor um, suit? What does it has to be careful of? Well, I don't mean have to be careful. I think they maybe if they want to look at get some idea of them images and styles. The things that they like, mm-hmm. or if they're coming to me, most Pretty of them they you, can yeah. uh, they can just let me do my thing. But yes. I mean, if they want feel more secure, there's you know there's plenty of good reference and research out there. To, and even if you do Mark Powell Women's Tailoring, there's lots of references of what I've done before that they can look at. Yeah. So it's fine. So they come like ready to what they're gonna expect from you. Most right? of them, most yeah. of them, yeah. Okay. So uh, tell me now a little bit about the sustainable part of fashion because everything is going uh, now more transparent. Everything gets back on the storytelling and everything is changing and swifting to sustainable fashion due to the fact, of course, and yeah. the environment and everything that is changing right now. Uh, what's your opinion on that? Well, I think the good thing, with, particularly with bespoke tailoring, I think everything's made to last. So the good thing is that you're maybe making something for someone that maybe they're going to have around for at least 10, maybe even 20 years. Yeah. So that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I don't really think about, you know, I mean, fabrics are fabrics. We, you know, I don't really worry, use um, mm-hmm. any, I always use natural walls and natural textiles because they obviously So you're work. always sustainable. Yeah, that's course. right. Okay. 
So I don't really look into that sort of world too much, simply because a lot of my things have got a longevity to them anyway, which in a way is a good thing. Mm-hmm. If they want something to be around for a long time rather than just sort of fast yeah. and changing all the time. Yeah. Value for money, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's something you've done also in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, now uh, I want you to tell me the future of fashion and what to expect from Mark Powell. I know you have a new website coming on. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else do you expect from you? Uh, well, I mean, I think I just keep, I think my whole history is really consistency and always that adapting and changing. I don't really, I mean, although there is a sort of typical look that people perceive that I do, I'm always trying new ideas. Of and I'd like to keep that and also keep interest with young people. Mm-hmm. I always want young people to be inspired and interested in what I do as well, mm-hmm. rather than just people that grow with me. I like people that grow with me as well, but it's always good to be inspirational to younger people. And I think that, you know, even with that, there's always ways of reinventing my style or style. Yeah. The style's got longevity anyway. I can see people want to work with you, right? Yeah, Everybody yeah. wants to come and work with you. <laughs> I know. Tell us a little bit about the workshops and the seminars you do with the young people. I do lots of talks. I don't yeah. really do anything at the workshops, really. I mean, my, my tailors, we've had the people, we go there to train, but generally we um, I do talks here, which you might have seen on Instagram, where yes. I come in, uh, yeah, yeah. London College of Fashion Kids and stuff. Mm-hmm. But at the moment, because they're not even really properly back a lot of the colleges or universities it's difficult mm-hmm. everything's strange at the moment isn't it do you think there is enough uh, a young generation that wants to get involved like the lady that just that's right started? that's right there's plenty of that that's a good thing thank god thank mm-hmm. god so we're gonna remain in that that yeah. industry yeah. so yeah you were saying about your next plan Um, yeah, I mean, just keep keep in mind, you know, as I say, we just got the new website that's being built. Yeah. Um, I guess, I mean, at the moment, it's very difficult to make too many ambitious plans. Yes. I think that's a very real one, though, the website being improved to actually generally try and make more sales through my name and reputation online. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot more people have gone that way, even more so since the lockdown and even the post-lockdown period. So... Um, obviously, because I have got quite a good profile on social media. Yes. Yep, trying to translate time, that yeah. into trying to generate some more sales mm-hmm. online, really. Not so much with suits, but certainly with my shirts and uh, casual, um, you know, my shirts and, and accessories. And yeah, perfect. So before um, closing this conversation, I would like you to tell me your favorite uh, moment from the past or your iconic suit that you made for someone. The highlight. Well, there's, there's lots of highlights, really, but... The top um, five or the top three you want to mention? Top three. To remind the us. top three is a, it's such a, <laughs> a difficult one, really. Um, I think when we first did Ready to Wear, a great moment for me was to have my collection in Barney's in New York. I think that was a good one. And then to sell to Liberties in London uh, with the Ready to Wear. Okay. Uh, I mean, bespoke, there's so many stories because there's so many celebrities, whether it be Mick Jagger for stage or George Michael or even gangsters like Bonnie Cray. They're all like, it's all history, isn't it? Of course. So history's a, history's a, a big journey, but lots of achievements, really. I suppose even just, just keeping going, keeping the shop going and doing it on my own terms. Yeah. Never really, as we call it, kissing... Arse. <laughs> I don't do. I don't do that. Of I don't do that. I just do it on my own terms. Good. So I don't play a game. I just do what I need to do. 
I think this is why people uh, love you. I think it's quite obvious that that's the case. And so I don't, so that's why you become an inspiration to a lot of young people like of that um, want to meet you because you have got that going for you, which, you know, I think yeah. not many people have really, have they? Most people have sacrificed themselves or their soul to something to get where they get, which uh, I can proudly say I haven't, really. No, you're the best ambassador for yourself, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I think um, I have many questions to tell you more, but I'm not going to uh, waste uh, your precious time because I can see you're quite busy. But maybe we can have a second session in the future. No, I can always do a second session. Perfect. Maybe it might be a good one. I think it's an interest, maybe three or four months. Perfect. When We're the world, have... you know, early next year, maybe February, March. For sure, we're going to have some more. Because the world, you know, thing could be so different then in everything, couldn't it? So, For sure. Um, every month, every <coughs> and week. So at this, at this moment, with everything you're doing, with your records of what's going on in fashion and whatever, yeah. um, It's uh, it's probably very interesting to go back again, come back again. Of course. I will come back for sure. Thank you so much for having Pleasure. me. Pleasure. See you soon, I hope. I'll see you soon. All the best. Pleasure. That was another Andorniki.com podcast episode. Music and editing was by Grey Studios Athens. Don't forget to listen to Andorniki's radio for bespoke and sophisticated music 24 hours per day on Andorniki.com. For updates, you can also follow me on my Instagram and Twitter account under the name Andronikixmeri. Until our next episode, don't forget to enjoy the fine things out there and make your style of life count. Ciao!